This episode contains information about child sexual exploitation that some listeners might find disturbing. U.S. Navy Commander Gregory Edward McLean. On December 6, 39-year-old Gregory Edward McLean of Jacksonville, Florida, pleaded guilty to one count of distributing videos depicting the sexual assault of children and one count of unlawful retention of classified national defense information. According to the plea agreement, state law enforcement in Rhode Island received a cyber tip line report that a user of a particular messaging application had shared videos depicting the sexual abuse of young children. The investigation identified the user as McLean, who was at the time an active duty officer in the U.S. Navy with the rank of lieutenant commander and serving as the executive officer of a ship stationed at Naval Station Mayport, a major U.S. Navy base in Jacksonville, Florida. The Naval Criminal Investigative Service, NCIS, continued the investigation and identified additional instances where McLean had distributed child sexual abuse material. On November 4, 2021, agents executed a federal search warrant at McLean's residence, during which they seized numerous electronic devices and storage media. A forensic review revealed that several of these items contained files depicting the sexual abuse of minors. The forensic review also identified a flash drive which had been recovered from McLean's kitchen counter that contained approximately 150 documents containing national defense information classified at a secret level and 50 documents containing national defense information classified at the confidential level. An investigation by NCIS and the FBI revealed that McLean had access to classified information throughout his service as a naval officer and held a top-secret security clearance. McLean had entered into various agreements with the United States regarding the protection and proper handling of classified information, and he was aware that his home was not an authorized location to store classified national defense information. In particular, the criminal information and plea agreement identified two documents that McLean unlawfully retained, which contained national defense information related to foreign governments and their combat aircraft and naval capabilities. Disclosure of this information could reasonably be expected to cause damage and, in some instances, serious damage to the national security of the United States. McLean faces a mandatory minimum penalty of five years and up to 20 years in prison for the child exploitation offense and a maximum penalty of 10 years in prison for the retention of classified information offense. A federal district court judge will determine any sentence after considering the U.S. sentencing guidelines and other statutory factors. A sentencing date has not yet been scheduled. 
Assistant Attorney General Matthew G. Olson of the Justice Department National Security Division, U.S. Attorney Roger B. Handberg for the Middle District of Florida, and Assistant Director Larissa L. Knapp of the FBI's National Security Branch made the announcement. The NCIS, FBI, and Rhode Island State Police are investigating the case with assistance from the Jacksonville Sheriff's Office. Assistant U.S. Attorneys David B. Mesrobian and Carwin Mike for the Middle District of Florida and Senior Trial Attorney Edda Schmidt of the National Security Division's Counterintelligence and Export Control Section are prosecuting the case. This is another case brought as part of Project Safe Childhood, a nationwide initiative launched in May 2006 by the Department of Justice to combat the epidemic of child sexual exploitation and abuse. Led by the U.S. Attorney's Offices and the Criminal Division's Child Exploitation and Obscenity Section, Project Safe Childhood marshals federal, state, and local resources to locate, apprehend, and prosecute individuals who sexually exploit children and to identify and rescue victims. For more information about Project Safe Childhood, please visit www.justice.gov forward slash PSC. Pig Butchering Indictments in California On December 13, a seven-count indictment was unsealed in Los Angeles, charging four individuals for their alleged roles in a scheme to launder the proceeds of cryptocurrency investment scams and other fraudulent schemes involving millions of dollars in victim funds. 36-year-old Lu Zhang of Alhambra, California, 31-year-old Justin Walker of Cypress, California, 32-year-old Joseph Wong of Rosemead, California, and 40-year-old Hailong Zhu of Naperville, Illinois, were charged with conspiracy to commit money laundering, concealment money laundering, and international money laundering. Zhang and Walker were arrested and made their initial appearances in federal court on December 13. According to court documents, Zhang, Walker, Wong, and Zhu allegedly conspired to open shell companies and bank accounts to launder victim proceeds of cryptocurrency investment scams, also known as pig butchering, and other fraudulent schemes. They transferred the funds to domestic and international financial institutions. The fraud scheme in the related pig butchering syndicate involved at least 284 transactions, resulting in more than $80 million in victim losses. More than $20 million in victim funds were directly deposited into bank accounts associated with the defendants. According to court documents, pig butchering fraud schemes, a term derived from a foreign language phrase used to describe these crimes, consist of scammers encountering victims on dating services, social media, or through unsolicited messages or calls, often masquerading as a wrong number. Scammers initiate relationships with victims and slowly gain their trust, eventually introducing the idea of making a business investment using cryptocurrency. Victims are then directed to other members of the scheme operating fraudulent cryptocurrency investment platforms and applications where victims are persuaded to make financial investments. 
Once funds are sent to scammer-controlled accounts, the investment platform often falsely shows significant gains on the purported investment and the victims are therefore induced to make additional investments. Ultimately, the victims are unable to withdraw or recover their money, often resulting in significant losses for the victims. Zhang and Walker face a maximum penalty of 20 years in prison if convicted. Acting Assistant Attorney General Nicole M. Argentieri of the Justice Department's Criminal Division, U.S. Attorney Martin Estrada for the Central District of California, and Special Agent in Charge William Mancino of the U.S. Secret Service's Criminal Investigative Division made the announcement. The U.S. Secret Service's Global Investigative Operations Center is investigating the case. The case is jointly prosecuted by the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Central District of California and the Computer Crime and Intellectual Property Section's National Cryptocurrency Enforcement Team, NSET, which was established to combat the growing illicit use of cryptocurrencies and digital assets. CCIPS's NSET conducts and supports investigations into individuals and entities that enable the use of digital assets to commit and facilitate a variety of crimes with a particular focus on virtual currency exchanges, mixing and tumbling services, and infrastructure providers. The NSET also works to set strategic priorities regarding digital asset technologies identify areas for increased investigative and prosecutorial focus, and lead the department's efforts to collaborate with domestic and foreign government agencies, as well as the private sector, to investigate and prosecute crimes involving cryptocurrency and digital assets aggressively. CCIPS NSET trial attorney and assistant U.S. attorney Maxwell Cole for the Central District of California CCIPS NSET trial attorney Stephanie Schwartz and assistant U.S. attorney Nisha Chandran for the Central District of California are prosecuting the case. If you or someone you know is a victim, report it to ic3.gov. In the report, please reference code PIG Butchering PSC and include as much information as possible in the complaint, including names of investment platforms, cryptocurrency addresses, and transaction hashes bank account information, and the names and contact information of suspected scammers. It is also important to maintain copies of all communications with the scammers, as well as records of financial transactions. The Black Cat Ransomware Group On December 19, the Justice Department announced a disruption campaign against the Black Cat Ransomware Group, also known as ALPHV, A-L-P-H-V, or Noberos, that has targeted the computer networks of more than 1,000 victims and caused harm around the world since its inception, including computer networks that support U.S. critical infrastructure. Over the past 18 months, Black Hat has emerged as the second most prolific ransomware-as-a-service variant in the world based on the hundreds of millions of dollars in ransom paid by victims worldwide. Due to the global scale of these crimes, multiple foreign law enforcement agencies are conducting parallel investigations. 
the FBI developed a decryption tool that allowed FBI field offices nationwide and law enforcement partners worldwide to offer over 500 affected victims the capability to restore their systems. To date, the FBI has worked with dozens of victims in the US and internationally to implement the solution, saving multiple victims from ransom demands totaling approximately $68 million. As detailed in a search warrant unsealed on December 19 in the Southern District of Florida, the FBI has also gained visibility into the Black Hat Ransomware Group's computer network as part of the investigation and has seized several websites that the group operated. According to the unsealed warrant, Black Hat actors have compromised computer networks in the United States and worldwide. The disruptions caused by the ransomware variant have affected U.S. critical infrastructure, including government facilities, emergency services, companies that are part of the defense industrial base, critical manufacturing, healthcare, and public health facilities, as well as other corporations, government entities, and schools. The loss amount globally is in the hundreds of millions and includes ransom payments, destruction and theft of proprietary data, and costs associated with incident response. Black Hat uses a ransomware-as-a-service model in which developers are responsible for creating and updating ransomware and for maintaining the illicit internet infrastructure. Affiliates are responsible for identifying and attacking high-value victim institutions with ransomware. After a victim pays, developers and affiliates share the ransom. Black Hat actors employ a multiple extortion model of attack, before encrypting the victim system, the affiliate will exfiltrate or steal sensitive data. The affiliate then seeks a ransom in exchange for decrypting the victim system and not publishing the stolen data. Black hat actors attempt to target the most sensitive data in a victim system to increase the pressure to pay. Black hat actors rely on a leak site available on the dark web to publicize their attacks. When a victim refuses to pay a ransom, these actors commonly retaliate by publishing stolen data on a leaked website where it becomes publicly available. The FBI Miami field office is leading the investigation. Trial attorneys Christine Gallagher and Jorge Gonzalez of the Criminal Division's Computer Crime and Intellectual Property Section and Assistant U.S. Attorneys Kieran Bart and Brooke Watson for the Southern District of Florida are handling the case. The Justice Department also recognized the critical cooperation of Germany's Bundeskriminalamt, Denmark's Special Crime Unit, ZKG, and Europol. Significant assistance was provided by the U.S. Secret Service and the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Eastern District of Virginia. The Justice Department's Office of International Affairs and the Cyber Operations International Liaison also provided significant assistance. Additionally, the following foreign law enforcement authorities provided substantial assistance and support. The Australian Federal Police, the United Kingdom's National Crime Agency and Eastern Region Special Operations Unit, Spain's Policia Nacional, Switzerland, Canton Police, Thurgau, and Austria's Directorate State Protection and Intelligence Service.
Part 4, The City of Tampa, Florida On December 21, the Justice Department announced that it secured a settlement agreement with the City of Tampa, Florida to resolve the department's lawsuit alleging that Tampa discriminated against its male employees who sought parental leave by denying them the same level of parental leave it offered to its female employees. The alleged discrimination resulted in a violation of Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964. Title VII is a federal statute that prohibits employment discrimination based on race, color, national origin, religion, and sex, including pregnancy policies, and prohibits retaliation against employees for opposing discriminatory employment practices. According to the complaint, the city of Tampa adopted a parental leave policy from February 2017 to December 2018 that, in practice, prohibited male employees from using up to 320 hours of parental leave available to female employees to serve as primary caregivers of a new child. Instead, Tampa granted male employees only 80 hours of parental leave as secondary caregivers, even if they were actually the primary caregiver for the family's new child. In the complaint, the Justice Department states that about 150 male employees were impacted by the parental leave policy and approved for secondary caregiver leave of up to 80 hours. According to the complaint, at least 10 male employees formally requested primary caregiver leave. They were denied the leave because of their gender, regardless of how much evidence they provided to the city of Tampa to show that they were actually the primary caregiver for the child, while others were discouraged from applying for primary caregiver leave by their supervisors or officials with the city's human resources department. As the complaint states, men were consistently denied primary caregiver leave status while the city of Tampa regularly granted female caregivers the full 320 hours of primary caregiver leave. Under the proposed consent decree, subject to court approval, Tampa will credit up to 240 hours of additional leave time to each male employee who would have taken primary caregiver parental leave if it had been available to them under the policy. The city of Tampa will also pay the impacted employees collectively $300,000 in compensation. The consent decree also requires the city of Tampa to adopt new policies and procedures, including a new parental leave policy that does not discriminate based on sex, and to train its employees on these new policies. The United States complaint is based on a charge of discrimination filed with the Miami District Office of the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, EEOC, by Jeffrey Burger, one of the City of Tampa employees impacted by the parental leave policy. The EEOC investigated and found reasonable cause to believe that the City of Tampa violated Title VII. After unsuccessful conciliation efforts, the EEOC referred it to the Justice Department as an enforcement action. Trial attorneys Jeffrey Morrison and Christine Dinan of the Civil Rights Division's Employment Litigation Section and Assistant U.S. Attorney Johannes A. Pettis for the Middle District of Florida handled this case. The Justice Department's lawsuit is part of a joint effort to enhance collaboration between the Department and the EEOC in the vigorous enforcement of Title VII.
More information about the EEOC's jurisdiction is available on its website, www.eeoc.gov. Additional information regarding caregiver discrimination is available in the EEOC Technical Assistant document, which can be found on the U.S. Equal Employment Opportunity Commission's website, www.eeoc.gov. The enforcement of Title VII and other federal employment discrimination laws is a top priority of the Justice Department Civil Rights Division. Additional information about the Civil Rights Division and its work is available at www.justice.gov/crt.